0: So when the party rests, the jungle notices. And when the party are active, the robots notice. I thought that was awesome, Barney. I had great fun the other day playing in your game. And on that subject of terminology, you talked about the meat fresher. I thought that, that was good. But do you go a stage further? Do you actually get into a process of winnowing and, and the idea of separating the the wheat or the grain from the chaff. I don't know, winnowing, following on from threshing, just throwing it out there. But thanks for running, man. And of course, you can dial up that deadliness. Now that I've come through it and survived, it's Saturday when I'm leaving this message. Dial up the deadliness. Kill some more. Kill some more characters. Of Ming's kingdom, we should land near the entrance of the abandoned drain tunnel. Our ship can be well concealed there. I
1: the place. Hi everyone, this is Barney. Welcome to Loco Ludus. In the last episode, I talked about running Isle of Death for the first time. In this episode, I'm going to talk about running it for a second time. At the beginning, there, you just heard. Colin Spike Pitt Green, responding to having played in the last game, hearing my reflections afterwards, and also adding a little bit more in terms of trying to find the right term and the right kind of concept. For what it means, how we go about setting off a series of characters, we will come back to this concept because I have a message from Andy Goodman, but I'd just like to say, I'm really pleased you had a good time, Colin. Thanks for the message. I'm really pleased that you liked the uh, the game mechanism where the jungle. Responds to rest, and the robots respond to activity. That to me is one of those types of mechanisms that draws the the play world and the game world together, the the fiction, the setting, and the the rules in the system. And like many others, it's often a case of of trying to find the nicest uh, little things you can throw into that effect, and I think that worked quite well. So with that little bit of extra encouragement from Colin to kill more characters, I did go on to run the game on Saturday night, and in a nutshell... The thing that I just want to get across right now at this point is that the game ended with a T.P.K. Total Party Kill. I think that's my first one. Very exciting. So that just made the game... That just made the, the, the... the offer of the game really satisfying for me because I had said, let's play a super lethal game and that was a super lethal game. So that was incredibly satisfying. Um, Another satisfying thing about it was... um, Well, so... Playing with the other guys last Wednesday was... whole lot of fun and playing with this group was a completely different whole lot of great fun um i had my son with me which is always really nice i also was playing with my cousin who i don't get to hang out with half as much as i would like so that was great his girlfriend was playing she's really nice and it's great to uh not only play with dudes um and their friend uh, also joined joined in the game now those three so put my son to the side those three are basically were basically totally new gamers totally new role players I should say board game players for sure but role play gamers no having said that my cousin's friend had on Saturday before playing Isle of Death that is to say Death Robot Jungle using Electric Bastion Land he had played his first game of D and D, which he described as quite overwhelming, and with, in a way, too much choice. So he had played that, and then come on to play Electric Bastionland to play Death Robot Jungle, which he said was was. I don't know. I, I he didn't use the word liberating or anything like that. Although he could have done quite easily. He's a smart guy. Um he just described it as really a lot of fun. What did he say that the the dice rolls made a lot of sense. So I think whereas um whereas he found the experience of playing D&D um kind of uh uh demanding on m- mechanically demanding on his thinking without electric bastionland being if you like less mechanical you know it's a game it's a role play game um it f- felt more streamlined and and i think from the way he played, he was just it was just easy for him to get into his character, get into the action, and have a good time with it. So that, to my mind, points to the fact that Electric Bastionland really does what Chris McDowell has hoped it can do, which is to make. Playing the game how you imagine a role play game to be. So, the the other thrill then of the Saturday night gang was that I was I was hanging out with um, some family, shall we say, and that also. Introducing them into gaming. So so in the space of a week, running the same game with two kind of completely different groups. The clincher, as I've said before, was that at the end of the night, I wiped them out. And that's what I had been hoping to do on the Wednesday group. So my feeling of satisfaction was much stronger in that single respect on the Saturday night. But totally based on on what I said in the last episode, where I I also wanted to consciously crank up the danger now what can I say about that one thing here now I don't know if I've been reading rules wrong in the past and everybody does this i.e. what I'm about to say but what I decided on Saturday night, for Saturday night's game, is that when we have an encounter, when I roll on the encounter table, when when the characters rest or search, yeah, that I don't roll once... On the encounter table. In fact, I don't think I did roll for the encounter. I got each of the players to roll for the encounter. So, they took a rest as a group. Or they searched the area as a group, whatever it was that they were doing. And we rolled it three times. Now in the last episode I talked about wanting to multiply the threats. And while a variety of possibilities w- were available on the uh, on the rest encounter table, they're definitely tipped towards some kind of threat. And When you have three of them, three uh, players rolling for three characters, that is multiplying the threat, at least potentially. And that, I thought, was great. So my tip to myself and to anyone else who wants a more punchy game um, and isn't doing this already... Don't roll once on the encounter table, roll once per character. So I had three players, three characters, three rolls on the table. Now, of course, that does then inflect or influence the type of things that you that you put on that table, but it's all perfectly doable and perfectly manageable. Um, Without going into too much detail, because as listeners may know, my plan is to keep running it, got more people who want to take part, if anyone's listening and would like to take part, then do get in touch, there's going to have to be a bit of a pause, because various things happening, so there's time, you know, there's, there's a week or two to um, get in touch if you want to take part, so I don't want to go into too much detail about it here but just to say that um I was using the map that comes as part of death robot jungle and I decided to set the players off from a different start point so that was a was a was a little shift a little change of emphasis um the once again once again, the players got some pretty jammy rolls in and dodged some some of the things that I was hoping to throw in that would um, wear them down uh along the way. But there are also some really, really nice triggers for me and for the players too. So, as um, listeners and perhaps players in my games will know, most of the time I don't have a huge amount planned in terms of where the game's going to go and what's going to come up, and there were points on Saturday where you know my brain was just telling me, uh, we've got no idea what's going to happen next. Why am I we? You've got no idea. Um, but to come back to this this point of the of the triggers for 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 me and for players that was that was the that was the some nice energy of unless you know you'll know this you'll know this from your own games where as a gm you're not quite sure how things are going to proceed and then something that the players do some idea that they have some um request that they might have triggers the 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 next bit of the path and and that came up um and just just to 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 you know hint a little bit at, at the final scene where i wiped out the players or they wiped themselves out or the game wiped the players out or we all wiped the players out I don't think I should take too much credit for it. Basically, the the players got themselves self to, a, selves to a situation where it seemed fitting for me to offer them a jackpot, if you like. I'm running Death Robot Jungle as a kind of game show, as a game show, Isle of Death. And, yeah, I I felt it fitting to offer them a jackpot based on what they had done and the questions that they were asking, within the world even. So not even just questions they were asking of me, they directly, they were asking... Uh, characters in the world about things. But, and this is the great thing, is in offering the jackpot, I was simultaneously offering them a massive threat. So, those two sides were present in that next step of the game and that did transpire to be the the end for for the characters now the the kind of the the kicker is that because they because they all died out of the way of anybody else the uh the bastion authorities or game show production company or whatever is going on there um doesn't have to pay out because there's no record of the death none of the players came back uh with any booty, so there's no payout, there's no score, they just, they just died, that really is TPK, right? Now, this is where it gets interesting in terms of this, uh, of each player having a number of characters ready for use Um, which takes us back to Colin at the beginning of the show and Spencer in the last episode and my uh, my discussions about that in the last and the, um, the, the, the previous episode to that So, this is, the, this is the crux of it. I TPK'd the first of all of the players' characters. So they still had their other reserve characters, but I wiped all of those first characters out, and it was the end of the game... And there was no opportunity to reintroduce any next character. So that's that's what I want to talk about. But first, let's hear from Andy Goodman.
0: Hello, Barney. Andy here. Um, just catching up on your episodes and words and um, and um, better words so you usually do have better words um, than the rest of us so so that's a, it's pretty appropriate but funnels yeah the funnel um Sp- spike pit is of course completely right a funnel does put everything through it but um to my mind it's it's just a rather inaccurate analogy that's that's also used in in other things um like the the industry that i'm in they talk about funnels where where you kind of Excluding, you know, it gets narrower and narrower. And you're excluding certain ideas as you move along a, a process, like when you're coming up with ideas for things, and, you know, what have you. Um, and and of course, it is it is not accurate unless you think of the funnel as being semi-permeable. Um, and and then, of course, what what it's doing is is certain things are falling outside of that of the radius of the funnel, and therefore are being excluded um and therefore and in the same way as your your characters are dying um you know um, the ones that fall outside of that semi-permeable line are dying and then the ones that survive are the ones that stay inside the line now of course there's a much better analogy for this it's obviously it's a sieve it should be a sieve because that's technically what's happening it's filtering it's not funneling it's filtering so some kind of sieve although i guess that doesn't sound like a very good name but the name for your thing, the tunnel you were thinking of, oh, the tunnel or, or whatever, surely, surely it just has to be called a conga line. I'd like that image. <laughs> just one after the other, congering their way into the death robot jungle where they get cut down by a techno velociraptor. <laughs> Thanks Andy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now with the so-called funnel in Dungeon Crawl Classics, as far as I understand it, you do you've got this this group and you are seeing who's gonna make it through and so who you can progress with. And have more adventures with. And that. As. Uh, as as Colin talks about. I think in his last episode. And. Uh, I think others. Um, it's a lot of fun. Sure. The. This. This idea of, of having. Characters waiting in. The wings. Reserves. Of having reserve characters. The thing I realised when... You know, we were in our last scene... On Saturday... And... Bam! Wiped them out. The thing I realised... Is that this technique of having of having reserves or understudies or whatever you want to call it is is not even so much about putting the characters through a process because when your current character um cops it you 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 pull out the next one as it were and that comes down to a very simple thing which is i didn't want players to have to roll up characters whilst we were playing. I wanted them to be able to die and then absolutely as quickly as possible for us to figure out a way to get them into the game with their new character. Now I, I was I was very clear in my mind about that from the outset we're playing online people don't necessarily know all of the rules or or they might have things that they want to clarify which would be much better clarified right at the beginning so that we can just keep on playing also because There's this attempt to be lethal, which can still be more lethal, could still be more lethal. The, 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 the appearance of the next character almost cushions any great Feeling of having lost that other character, and I and I I think that the the process of re-rolling or rolling up another character takes you through this some kind of journey where you you are creating this identity, and that's great and that's good but when you when you pair that up with having just lost a character and you're trying to and the game's is, is trying to be fast and furious I, I don't know if that if that shifts the mood somewhere that i thought might be best not to go that is to say the players all rolled up three characters enjoyed that thoroughly they could then choose which one they wanted to go first right the weaker character or the stronger character or whatever the middle character totally up to them so it's a it's a different rapport i think that a player will have with having a little bunch of characters starting a game, then having won, and having the feeling that they might need to go back to the drawing board again. I th- do think there's something in in that for sure, and that certainly is what's going on in Dungeon Crawl Classics too. And it was it was really enjoyable for me to hear. The players described the characters that they had rolled up, and which one they had chosen and why that was that was a lot of fun um but to get back to the point I think i I think I might have somewhat over conceptualized this whole thing in the search for um, some neat term for. For exactly what's going on there. The simple fact of the matter was, I just wanted any fallen, any any player to to be able to step back into the game if one of their characters fell. So while I'm still going to keep pushing to make Isle of Death more lethal. Based on Saturday's game, I do think that perhaps two characters is enough. Or as a as a more practical number, that would mean the first wave could get completely wiped out and there's still an entire wave left for the rest of the session. Lastly, I have a question and some thoughts about the panic mechanic.
0: Hey, Barney, Jason here. I had a similar issue. Listen listened to your episode about, you know, Death Robot Jungle and your panic system that, you know, didn't quite kick in. It almost kicked in. I'm curious if in your, the following game, if the panic system worked out the way you wanted it to. So I had a similar issue. I ran an ICRPG game set in, like, the Colonial Gothic world. John Anlard is also in that game, actually. And, and I had built in a stress mechanic, a panic mechanic, if you will. It never really triggered either. It never really worked out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, the player's role, but it never really kicked in. I just the straight, um, I I don't know why. It, maybe the just the threats Threshold was too high. It, it's something I haven't revisited because I've gone on to other things, but it's an interesting idea.
1: So, to answer your question, Jason, no, the panic mechanic didn't have more of an impact in the Saturday game. And that was interesting because the game was more lethal. Somehow, the group seemed to not get themselves in so many panicky situations. Now, having said that, I think there were a couple of times I could have or should have um, stung them for a for a panic roll, panic check. For example, at the end in the last scene they were you know pretty much on their knees and um yeah it 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 just seemed um unnecessary to um insist on that at that point um So interestingly it didn't it didn't play so much of a role in the game but when we talked at the end the players all said how much they enjoyed it and the Wednesday group also said that they enjoyed it i think um so, like I said in the last episode, I don't think it necessarily has to be that it, something like that kicks in. It doesn't have to become actualized. It's it almost becomes a, its own type of threat or pressure because they know the consequences. Um, of course it would force more rests, so that forces the lethality perhaps. So there's certainly something a bit more to, to be done with it and that could be perhaps lowering the threshold a little bit before before the... The losses or the potential losses start to kick in, but it was it was something that the uh, the team responded to so in that sense it's 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 a it's a good achievement I feel now of course. I'm probably going to remember a whole load of things that I wanted to say um, and have now forgotten. But I'm going to call it a day today. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been of interest to you and if you're interested in playing... In the game do get in touch and likewise if you have any thoughts or advice please also do get in touch all the best everyone bye